a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. As we've been covering today, Russia obviously is a huge exporter of oil and energy. It's, of course, its energy sector is one of the biggest contributors to its economy. Uh, if you weren't with us early in the program, we actually had Phil Rossetti on from the R Street Institute. And uh, he said that it's about 40% of the Russian government money comes through oil and gas, through that energy sector. And uh, that's such a, a crucial component to all of this. And uh, and if you missed that segment of the program, you should go back and listen to the podcast later this afternoon with Phil Rossetti from R Street Institute because he really got me thinking in terms of what sanctions we have in place and what they're doing and what they're not doing. Uh, we have to be very careful in assuming that uh, just a sanction is is inflicting real pain when it might look like it on the top level, uh, but it may not necessarily be that way. So Phil pointed out to us something very important. So we all watch the value of the ruble uh, come crashing down. And so people are right to say, well, that the sanctions have impacted the value of the ruble. So that has been a pain point or a, a point of pain for Vladimir Putin. Uh, but Phil was also very quick to point out that we we have to remember what that does. Uh, when, the, when the ruble has very little value that way, it actually allows Russia to produce more at a cheaper cost. Uh, because they're not paying much for the for that work to be done. And then the flip side of that component is that uh, energy, natural gas and oil are paid for, traded in usually U.S. dollars or other foreign currency, which is worth a lot more now as it relates to rubles. So the Russian government is getting big numbers in U.S. dollars and uh, that then obviously they can apply in terms of a very low value ruble. So it's a really interesting thing to think through in terms of all these sanctions, which has led many from both the left and the right to talk about when do we just ban all Russian oil imports and what does that look like? And is that the one thing that will ultimately uh, have impact? Uh, During a press conference earlier today, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi was asked, about that very thing. Where does she stand on banning Russian oil imports? Where do you stand? I'm, against, I'm all for that. Ban it. Ban the oil. Ban the oil come from Russia. Yeah. Okay, so that was Speaker of the House. Very clear, unequivocating. Ban it. Ban the oil coming from Russia. Uh, that was from Nancy Pelosi. During the White House press conference today, uh, Press Secretary Jen Psaki told reporters that banning Russian oil imports would raise gas prices and was not in our interest. Take a listen. Our objective and the president's objective uh, has been to maximize impact on President Putin and Russia while minimizing impact to us and our allies and partners. And I know you've heard me say this a few times before, but we don't have a strategic interest 
in reducing the global supply of energy. Uh, and that would raise prices at the gas pump for the American people uh, around the world um, because it would reduce the supply available. And it's as simple as less supply raises prices. Uh, and that is certainly a big factor for the president uh, in this, uh, at this moment. It could also, it also has the potential to pad the pockets of President Putin, which is exactly what we are not trying to do. So uh, as the president has said, we uh, carved out payments for energy trade and transport from our financial sectors sanctions with that in mind. So I think there's some interesting things there from Jen Psaki. Some of that I think is is true. We're not trying to inflict anything uh, in terms of our allies in particular who are very dependent on that oil and natural gas. So that does absolutely have to be uh, taken into account it, as it relates to the American people and what they're paying. Again, if we were better prepared, uh, we'd be in a very different place uh, if we were still a net energy exporter. Uh, rather than being dependent on some of this coming in. So that's one thing. She did say, interestingly, that uh, having less supply on the market would pad the pockets of President Putin. Again, if the price does go up uh, in dollars, that is good for President Putin. And, of course, he's using that to fund his war machine and what he's doing in Ukraine. Uh, And so all of that is a really interesting dynamic uh, in terms of how do we actually address that. Now, Senator Joe Manchin, Democrat from West Virginia, held a press conference with lawmakers today where he introduced a bipartisan bill, a bipartisan bill to ban oil imports from Russia. Energy has become a weapon of war for Putin, and he's using that as a weapon of war. He's using it against all of Europe, if you will. But Ukraine is basically the catalyst of what he's doing. So what we're doing today is we introduced a bill. It's been dropped. We have, uh, I think there's 18 of us, nine D's and nine R's that are on this piece of legislation that basically bans the Russian Energy Imports Act. That's all it is. We're banning Russian Imports Act. What we're banning is basically petroleum, petroleum products, crude oil, LNG, coal, mostly all fossils coming into the United States. Senator Manchin went on by saying that we don't have to do what Jen Psaki was saying. We don't have to reduce the supply of oil. Why? Because we can produce our own. We can basically produce whatever needs to be produced. We just do our job. Get back to 12 million barrels a day. Doesn't displace anybody or anything. I don't know what we're waiting on. Why is there such a big problem? We have the natural gas, more natural gas than almost any place in the world, next to the Middle East. So I think that becomes the argument. I think that's where this debate turns is, well, let's let's do this. (laughs) We can do it, and I would point out that we can do it cleaner and better than what Russia is doing. Uh, If you think with everything else Vladimir Putin has going on in his world, if you think he is worried about the environment or making sure that he's being a careful steward of the land and the climate, uh, it's just not happening. So why not produce it ourselves? As Senator Manchin pointed out, We can do this, and we can do it cleaner and greener and better. Now, as as the press conference was wrapping up, Senator Manchin told reporters that while he supports pursuing climate solutions, again, this is an and conversation, not a fake fight and a false choice. He says we don't uh, 
that he doesn't support throwing out our natural gas because again we can we can do both in a way that is reasonable and a way that's responsible. We can build a pipeline in two to six months and get two billion BCF. We can do that, but the people are fighting, taking to court all the time, and basically the administration needs to step up and help us on that. And absolutely, we have to go forward with our with our climate with our climate solutions. I'm all for that. I've always been all for that. But it's an all-in policy. I'm not going to throw one out to win it for the other. You need the horsepower to run a country. You need the horsepower to be the superpower of the world and be able to have your allies depend on you. And we haven't been there for that. We've throttled back and never throttled back up. So that throttling back, uh, it's time to throttle back up. And uh, I thought it was important that Senator Manchin pointed out that, look, there's a lot of people uh, that are taking a lot of things to court. Again, the fake fight, the false choice. And he called on the administration to step up and to help with that, to move it forward. He said we can build that pipeline two to six months. Uh, He talked about the horsepower we need to run the country and that you can do those things and move forward with significant climate solutions. And doing all of that while taking that money out of Vladimir Putin's pockets and his ability to invest it in his war machine, I think is a conversation worth happening regardless of where you fall on the political scale. We'll step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, a Utah company's found a way to make and sell insulin for a lower cost. Dan Lulinquist joins us to talk about it coming up next. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.